How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. I'm doing good. I know Ryan's doing good. Spencer Jones hit a 470-foot freaking homer yesterday. Trent Grisham hit a three-run blast. The Yankees scored 22 runs, averaging more points than the Jets and Giants did last season in the NFL. I think, guys, what a good start to spring training. The vibes are immaculate. We're feeling great. You guys are feeling great. Now, yes, it's just one spring training game. A lot is going to happen between now and October. But you know what? We can be happy, right? We can be happy Yankee fans. We can enjoy some success. We can enjoy our prospects mashing. These are good things. You know, hopefully indications that the future is going to be very, very bright. But today we're talking about some news regarding the Blake Snell, Dylan C situation. Bob Nightingale of USA Today dropped some nuggets this morning regarding the Yankees' interest. And look, we'll break down the Blake Snell situation. It seems like it's trending in the opposite direction that we wanted it to, mainly because the 110% luxury tax um, is not ideal for the Yankees right now. They would have to pay basically $60 million to sign him to a $25 million deal or $65 to a $30 million deal. It doesn't seem sustainable at this point in time, um, and the Yankees aren't really interested in a short-term deal. We're going to discuss that and where their, their interest does lie, but they're not willing to give up Spencer Jones, which, in my opinion, is the right freaking move. And I think you guys would agree, after seeing him yesterday, what, two RBI singles and a home run? I think it's fair to say we want to see what he can be instead of going out and acquiring a player with one or two years left of control. Um, I think it's better to wait until the summer deadline. But, Ryan, before we dive into the good stuff, talk about the latest on the updates regarding Snell, Dylan Cease, and what the Yankees are doing in the starting rotation. How do you do today, my friend? I'm doing excellent. You know, you mentioned the uh, unbelievable performance Spencer Jones had yesterday. Was obviously, that had me buzzing. And, you know, looking at the situation with the Yankees right now, looking at how exciting things are, you know, it, it's hard to not feel good about this team. It's not, it's it's hard to not feel good about the situation they're in. Um, you know, obviously the vibes are high because, I mean, in about two hours, we're about to see Quan Soto play Major League Baseball for the New York Yankees. I know it's spring training, um, but that's obviously going to be a big storyline to follow. And, you know, just following spring training as a whole, there are going to be a lot of things to know. The thing that obviously is going to hang over the Yankees' head is Blake Snell. Blake Snell is going to remain a topic for the New York Yankees until he signs. And, you know, my confidence level in the Yankees signing him kind of changes every single day. Um, but that report that came out saying that people would prefer to trade for, for Dylan Cease kind of makes sense, right? I mean, you don't have to pay as much towards the luxury tax. Sure, you have to trade prospects, but the Yankees can replace prospects, right? And they're kind of in a situation where, um, you know, they, they don't want to put themselves at a disadvantage financially. They don't want to further, uh, you know, complicate their financial future. They're not interested in play, paying Blake Snell like $40 million to play for a year for them because that's $80 million towards the luxury tax. I know people are going to say, well, it's just $80 million. And I can sit here and definitely point out all the reasons why the Yankees, economically speaking, could still profit while affording Blake Snell, but I'm not answering the stockholders, right? Like, I'm not making that, I'm not having that conversation. So it's a lot easier for me to say, yeah, just pay $80 million when I don't have to talk to them. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the Yankees have every reason to not pay $80 million for Blake Snell. I understand it from a financial standpoint. Um, and I also understand that they really want to get another starting pitcher. This isn't a matter of the front office saying, yeah, we don't want more pitching. We're not trying. We don't want to go all in, whatever. They tried really hard to get Yamamoto. They gave him $300 million over 10 years. And if you asked me, you know, entering the offseason, whether a $300 million from the Yankees, a $300 million offer from the Yankees would get Yamamoto or not, I would say, of course it would. Wait, what do you mean we're paying $300 million? It's over $300 million. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'm not saying that to say I wouldn't have paid Yamamoto $300 million. I think he's more than worth the money the Dodgers gave him. But it's more so to say the market took 
a lot of unexpected turns. I mean, Cody Bellinger just signed a deal that I don't think either of us thought he was going to sign. That isn't to say that I wanted the Yankees to sign him. I, I am very comfortable with the team we have very not, right now, especially on the position player side of things. And of course, it would be a 110% tax. And what do you do with Verdugo? You, you traded for him for no reason, I guess. Like that, that would be weird. Um, but as it pertains to Snell and Cease, again, it just makes more financial sense for them to trade for a guy. Does that mean they're going to do it before the season? I don't know. Um, you know, the reason I say I don't know isn't because, you know, I don't think they're going to or I don't think they want to. It's because I think they want to, but I'm not sure how they're going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the situation they're in. I, I think they really would like to acquire a pitcher. I just don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know how they're going to figure it out because, again, I don't want to trade Spencer Jones for Dylan Cease. I'm going to make a, a little bit of a, an un, unpopular maybe statement right now. But if you look at, like, so... Enosaurus released an updated version of Pitching Plus, which factors in location stuff. It kind of isolates just the quality of pitches you throw, the quality of your location, your command, all that stuff. Dylan Cease is at a 102.2. Nesta Cortez last year was at a 102.1. And Clark Schmidt last year was at a 102. So we're talking about these guys being 0.1 or 0.2 points away from Dylan Cease in that metric. I'm not saying that, say, Dylan Cease is not as good uh, as a Nesta Cortez or Clark Schmidt. I think he's clearly better, um, but I need to see that, right? Like, he put up a 4.5 ADRA last year. That was around where Clark Schmidt was. I think you can agree with me here, Alex. I need to see it. Like, I, I need, I, I'm not paying ace prices for a guy I'm not sure is an ace, you know? I'll pay ace prices for, you know, Corbin Burns. I, I'm not going to lie, Alex, and I've said this a lot. I know I've said it, like, I've, I would have... I would prefer to trade Jones for Burns if you had to trade Burns, uh, if you were forced to trade Jones in a deal. I, I, I don't I just don't see it in Cease. I don't think of Dylan Cease the same way I think of Corbin Burns. I don't know if I'm crazy for saying that. They're just not the same ilk of pitcher. When I think of Garrett Cole, when I think of Ace, right, I, I think six, seven innings, big game, get me through the lineup three times and, and consistently. I look at Dylan Cease and say, dude, is he getting me through the fifth inning, into the fifth inning in a playoff game? I'm not necessarily sure. So, Alex, I have a lot of reserves about Dylan Cease, and I understand why they're waiting it out. Yeah, I get that too. I think ultimately it's the right thing to do because why are you going to make a reactionary move when you don't need to? You kind of said it, maybe it was two days ago. The Yankees are already projected without Dylan Cease, without Blake Snell, without anybody else to have a top 10 ERA um, in the rotation. Again, you're betting on injury um, not reoccurring. You're betting on Carlos Rodon to bounce back. You're betting on Nestor Cortez to, come, to bounce back. And for what it's worth... We're seeing signs of that, you know, early signs of Rodon hitting his velocity numbers that we wanted him to, early uh, signs that his body and his frame is in a much better place, early signs that Nestor Cortez is on his bully too, three strikeouts against Juan Soto the other day in a live batting session, you know, again, it's it doesn't mean anything, but at the very least we see these guys are ahead of schedule, and like that's what we want to see, it's not what we need to see, we need to see them playing well um, in, in the regular season, but it is certainly what we want to see right now, given the context context of what the Yankees are trying to avoid, and that is a big problem in the rotation. However, with that being said, the best interest of this team, in my opinion, is to not make reactionary moves, is to not overspend, is to not make dumb decisions that are going to hurt them in the future. Trading Spencer Jones hurts them in the future. The probability of winning a World Series is already low. Are you going to leverage one year of Spencer Jones for or two years for Dylan Cease, who's not is coming off a bad year, and it's a similar con kind of concept here with uh, uh, Cody Bellinger. 
Are you going to pay top dollar for a player who's coming off a down season? Are you going to pay top dollar for a player who's coming off a great season? You know, Bellinger's coming off a great season, but the two years prior were not very good. And Dylan Cease is coming off a bad season, but the year prior was very good. It's the opposite, but also a similar concept in that you're, you're, you're betting on it. You're betting on a better season. You're betting on him either keeping it or bouncing back. And the Yankees are already have two guys trying to bounce back, right? They already have Rodon trying to bounce back. Um, it's like, well, you know, you're going to add another guy to that mix. You need someone that's proven, someone that's going to come in here and make an instant impact. There's no saying if Dylan Cease can do that right now. Um, we like him. He's a good player, but he's not Corbin Burns, as you said. He's not one of those top flight, um, upper echelon uh, pitchers that we need. So, you know, Snell makes that instant impact, and that's why it would have made sense with the financials. But Yankees decided to give Marcus Stroman a two-year, $37 million deal. Why? Because Marcus Stroman wanted to be a Yankee, right? Marcus Stroman wanted to be here. He wants to be wearing the pinstripes. He wants to be a part of a championship operation. He wanted to bury the hatchet. Blake Snell didn't necessarily want to be a Yankee. He just wants to get paid the most money. Um, so, you know, I think the Yankees saw someone who said, I'll, I'll take a little bit under my market value because, you know what? I think that I'm worth I think I'm worth a lot to this team and I and I've always wanted to be a Yankee, whatever, even if he's talk smack about the Yankees. Maybe it was something in his own, you know, they don't want me, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk smack about them. But then suddenly the Yankees said, Hold on, like maybe we, we could use you right now, though. It's kinda makes sense for us. So obviously that comes together, but right now I don't think that rushing into any big deals, making any reactionary moves is beneficial to a Yankee team that ultimately doesn't need to do it. Right? The team is good enough. The offense is phenomenal on paper. The rotation is good, you know, barring any injury, of course. So you wait, be patient, you know, even if it means going to the summer deadline and going to get like a Shane Bieber, going to a team that's not playing well, going to get a guy off from their roster who is healthy and maybe in a year um, has a year of uh, protection or a year of, you know, um, team control or two years even. Then you consider making a deal. Maybe Everson Pereira has a phenomenal AAA campaign, and teams are like, you know what? That guy's pretty damn good. We want Everson Pereira. You know, we actually really like this guy in your farm system who, you know, emerged onto the scene and is dominating. We want that guy. You know, the Yankees are saying they don't want to trade Dominguez. They don't want to trade Jones or Chase Hampton or Will Warren or whatever. But that doesn't mean that's the only four guys in their farm system. They have tons of talent. You know, they can leverage these guys, and especially if they're having good seasons. So, you know, I think that's kind of what I would lean into right now is that there is so much time in between now and the Yankees are desperately in need of pitching. They don't desperately need it right now, right? So, like, I'll ask you this. In terms of needing it, I don't feel like the Yankees are in a desperate situation. I feel like it's a it's a luxury, right? Adding Snell is a luxury. Adding you know, Dylan Cease is a luxury. It's not a necessity at the moment. It could be. We hope it doesn't happen. It doesn't come to that. But that's why I kind of side on the edge um, or ebb on the side of caution, patience. Do it if you need to, but don't rush into something that could end up becoming bad. Just be bad for you, right? You're going to have to push somebody out of the rotation. Who do you kick out of the rotation in this instance? Is Clark Schmidt getting kicked out of the rotation? Nestor Cortez, you getting kicked out of the rotation? You know, someone's got to leave. Someone's got to go to the bullpen or got to be traded. So, you know, you got to think about, about that in that uh, respect, too. If someone, if you were to add a pitcher right now, who do you think gets the gets the axe? Who do you think, I guess, maybe moves to the bullpen or gets traded in that scenario? I guess it would have to be Clark Schmidt or Cortez. Yeah, it would be down to one of those two. And another thing here is the Yankees have all the leverage here. Uh, you know, I know that Scott Boris is going to talk and Scott Boris is going to, you know, say his thing. And Scott Boris is a great agent. Don't get me wrong. I know that everyone's, you know, kind of laughing at him for the Cody Bellinger deal. Uh, he just secured Cody Bellinger $30 million for this year and can opt out if he plays well. And if Cody Bellinger stinks, he's got two more years of guaranteed money and he'll be set up for the rest of his life. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and stop. I mean, the guy made, the guy is going to make a good amount of money regardless. Uh, but, you know, as it pertains to a guy like Blake Snell, 
it's really us or the Angels, right? And, and I'm not saying this to say that Blake Snell should not take more money if the Los Angeles Angels offer more money. If Blake Snell goes to the Los Angeles Angels because he offers him them more money, I don't care what people say if they say, oh, that means he's a loser. No, he's a guy who took more money. If you want a player so badly pay them accordingly, right? Like, that's my thought process. And I think that's how, you know, players should operate. They're trying to do good on their uh, contemporaries because if they take smaller offers, that hurts the union. Um, So I completely understand. It's more than just a decision about winning and losing and where you want to go and where you don't want to go. But if, if Blake Snow doesn't want to go to the Angels, what are his options? It's take whatever the Yankees are willing to give him. And it's not like the Yankees aren't willing to play ball with Blake Snell. They're just not going to play ball with Blake Snell on his own terms. They're playing on their terms, which is a deal that has spread out AV and doesn't kill them towards a luxury tax, something that would allow them to potentially, you know, still make a big addition in terms of signing somebody next year. And we know who that player is. It's Juan Soto. That's the player you've got to focus on. That's the guy on your team who, you know, you know, really would love to be here long term and is a great player and is 25. You can build your entire franchise around him kind of player. He's just different from everybody else. But why would the Yankees, you know, why are the Yankees going to fold? Why are the Yankees going to, you know, go, you're right, Scott. We need a starting pitcher so bad. We don't even care anymore. They're just probably sitting there like, it's your move, man. Whenever you want, whenever you want to make a move is what it is. You know, I, I don't think, I don't foresee the Yankees folding in that regard. Same thing with Dylan Cease. If the Yankees don't trade for Dylan Cease, Dylan Cease ain't going anywhere. Dylan Cease is not going anywhere. He'll, he'll stay with the White Sox. And the White Sox, I'm not going to sit here and clown them for asking for Spencer Jones either. That's what they should do. That's good negotiating. That's what, I, if I was a fan of the Chicago White Sox, I'll be saying, yeah, it's Spencer Jones or we're keeping him till the deadline. That's the right thought process to have. The Orioles are not actively bidding for Dylan Cease, then you don't really have somebody to leverage against or to just get a better package from. Um, and, and then it pertains to other guys. Shane Bieber, look, I think Shane Bieber and the Yankees make so much sense, it's not even funny, but let's look at it from the Guardians' perspective. They're, the guy who struck out 30% of batters facing me was throwing 93, now throws 93 again. You gotta kind of, you gotta keep him, right? You gotta hold on to him for a little bit, or if you're gonna trade him, you're gonna leverage his value as if he is an upper echelon starting pitcher. But if the Yankees, you're not gonna trade, you know, I'm not even trading Will Warren for that. You know what I mean? Like, I love, I love Shane Bieber, but we know that the Yankees aren't gonna trade upper level minor like league pitching depth in the case of like a Will Warner or Chase Hampton, unless they're getting a legitimate starter back and Shane Bieber still has question marks. So I understand why the Yankees wouldn't do it. And also like you mentioned Everson Pereira, I understand why an organization wouldn't love Everson Pereira. He's an oft injured corner outfielder who does not have a hit tool. Those are red flag, red flag, red flag. For some organizations, too much of a red flag. For a team like the Yankees, they might be able to figure out his issues. But if you're Cleveland, you're like, I don't think we can develop his hit tool. We're going to pass, right? Or we think we can get a better offer somewhere else. There are other teams who would love Shane Bieber as well. And that's another kind of key to all of this. And this regard, this goes for any starting pitcher. If the Yankees can get them for nothing, every team would be involved. Do you know what I mean? If Blake Snell was willing to sign some one-year deal at $25 million, man, everybody would jump on that. And the Dodgers, which anybody with a brain would jump on a one-year deal for Blake Snell. You know what I mean? Uh, the Astros, Texas, any team of that sort. Uh, if we're talking Shane Bieber for like your 15th best prospect, you know how many teams would jump on that? I would say the Orioles. I think the Orioles and the Guardians would make so much sense. The Orioles have a glutton of position players. The Guardians don't really have great offense. Maybe that's a match right there, and it's a one-year rental. The, the Guardians also know, we also know that Bieber's willing to extend with whatever team trades for him, and 
and I don't think he's going to cost too much. That would be a long-term option for the Orioles and give them stability in the rotation. And also, if you look at a rotation with Kyle Bradish, um, Corbin Burns, Shane Bieber, Grayson Rodriguez, like, now I'm really terrified if I'm a Yankee fan. You know, there are other teams who exist, right? The Yankees aren't the only team out there. So, you know, when we're talking about shopping for starting pitching, if the Yankees haven't made a move, it's probably because the price tag isn't reasonable. And that's a reason why everybody else hasn't made a move as well. So I don't want to isolate the Yankees here and say they're not trying hard enough. And I think that's an important thing to dif- to distinguish. Um, and yeah, like end of the day, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like a trade makes more sense, but Alex, <laughs> it's kind of like, it's what literally a week ago we were talking about, oh my God, the Yankees and you offer to Blake Snell. It, it's like it changes every day. You know what I mean? It's like the reporting, everything. Nothing's consistent right now. But I, I just, I'm going to use my gut here and say they're not going to sign Blake Snell because I don't think they're going to spend the money for him. That's gut feeling, I guess. Yeah, I mean, right now it seems like things are trending in the direction of not spending on Blake Snell. And look, that's what we kind of expected to happen once we started to understand, like, the financial implications, the luxury tax, and, of course, the draft picks you'd have to give up to get them. So it's it doesn't seem likely. A trade is more likely... I don't think Dylan sees, but like you said, Shane Bieber makes a lot of sense. But I get it. The Yankees probably look at Shane Bieber and say to themselves, we need to see it before we buy it. You know what I mean? This is not a situation that's like, you know, you're on the phone with the salesperson and they're like, yeah, like you got to buy this shiny car. And you're like, oh, I'm going to buy it like without ever seeing it. You got to go see this damn car. You got to go test the damn engine. You got to go see if it, if it can run. You know, you got to go see if it's, if it's if what it lives up to. And that's basically what the regular season is going to be for Shane Bieber and the Yankees. And you're going to, in my personal opinion, my hot take right now, Yankees wait until the summer trade deadline and acquire Shane Bieber at the deadline. That is what I think will happen. Only if he's healthy, though. If he's healthy, looking solid, you know, they're going to go out and acquire him. He has basically, he has, this is his final year um, of, of arbitration. He's going to be free agent next season. Cleveland's not going to be able to get much, you know, given they're not in a playoff contention spot. Um, the Yankees will be able to get him for pretty much next to nothing, um, comparably to what you'd pay for Dylan Cease right now. Um, you're looking at maybe one or two mid-level prospects probably at that point. Um, I, I think right now that's my hot take. Maybe that's not so hot. Maybe that's pretty realistic, actually. So, you know, I think the Yankees remain patient. They make the right, smart decisions, not the reactionary ones. And they go and get a healthy player at the deadline because ultimately injuries will happen. You don't want to be locked into a player and go to, go to acquire a player, kick someone out of your rotation just for them to get hurt. That's not what we want. So I think that, you know, waiting, seeing that, seeing who's healthy, who emerges, you know, as a guy that's, uh, you know, makes sense for us in a couple months is – the most likely scenario. But guys, always happy to hear your thoughts below in the YouTube comment section. Make sure to like and subscribe as always. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.